Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolzma. I'm so glad that you were able to join me for today's episode. It's a very special one as my dear friend Jennifer Lynn Carey is here to chat about her new book, Run Around Sue. She's a blast to talk to. Her books are funny and nostalgic and just great reads. So I know you're going to enjoy our conversation. It's going to be a really good time. If you're new to the show, welcome. I'm so glad that you found this. I hope that you find lots to entertain you and inform you here. Please subscribe to Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform so that you know whenever a new episode releases. You don't want to miss any that we have coming up. Also, you can connect with us on Facebook, X, Instagram, and Pinterest, where in all of those places, it's another good way to find out when a new episode releases, but we also chat about books and I have poll questions and I ask questions over there that sometimes the information even makes it onto the podcast. So be sure to check that out. If you are returning, I'm so glad that you're back with us. I know you're going to love Jennifer. She's been on before, but never to talk about one of her books. So I'm thrilled to have her here. And I thank you for your support throughout the years. It means the world to me. And if you wouldn't mind taking just a couple of minutes to hop over to LizTolsman.com and check out my Patreon over there, see how you can support the podcast and keep this going for another 150 or more episodes. I would truly appreciate that. Before we get to today's guest, a word from our sponsor. If you have thought about podcasting before and realized that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code Liz and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Okay, there's no time like the present, so let's get into our interview. Help me to welcome Jennifer Lynn Carey here to talk about her book, Run Around Sue. Welcome to the show today, Jenny. It is so good to have you back with us. Oh, it's wonderful to be back. Thank you for inviting me. Anytime. And I should have had you a long time ago. You were here last time talking about a topic, but this time we're actually going to focus on one of your books, Run Around Sue. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But why don't you go ahead and reintroduce yourself to the listeners? Okay. My name is Jennifer. Well, my friends call me Jenny, (laughs) but (laughs) I write under the name Jennifer Lynn Carey. And I currently have 18 books out. Run Around Sue is number 18. I started writing, I, I love Christian historical, and I started kind of in the traditional way of, well, I had one set in Louis Louis XIV's court, and, another, and, then, and then the sequel was moved up to Ireland, and then the final one was in colonial era. So, you know, I was used to that, but I ended up falling into a spot of 
a historical uh, where it's a lot more recent and I, I enjoy it. So just about every book I've done since has been centered in anywhere from the 1950s through the 19, early 1970s. And more recently to that, I've been trying to carve out a niche that I call retro, but it's they're sweet, clean rom-com-ish. Because I just, girls like to have fun and I enjoy writing that way. <laughs> My next series was The Weather Girls. And that was set in 1970, squarely there. But that's where I started to have a lot of fun. My husband and I had been listening to Oldies Radio, which I find to be a lot of inspiration. <laughs> and uh, the song Sunny came on. And then someone decided to follow up with Stormy. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Sunny, Stormy. Those could be titles. But you need a trilogy. Windy. Oh, yeah. And so that was the nexus of everything. And I figured out, well, if these girls were named that, what would make it really catch with their last name was Day. So we have Sunny Day, Stormy Day, and Windy Day. And they are the three Day sisters. And because as a part of me, it misses my hometown. I set it right there in the middle of Kokomo, Indiana. It's not super small. It's the county seat. But, you know, when you start looking at where I live now in Arizona, it's, it really is a small town. But it's got so much and so much wealth of information that I can I pull on. But anyway, that's the Weather Girls. And I had so much fun with that that I, I wanted to do a spinoff series. I had decided that since the first three books were song titles from the 60s, that all these books had to be 60 songs that had girls' names in it. So then the spinoff is I wanted to make sure I kept having the Weather Girls involved, but I wanted the books in the new series to be standalones. You could read them out of order and there wouldn't be so much of the previous series in it that it would make it hard on somebody. It might make them enjoy it and go back and want to read it, but not make it hard to follow. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And the third book of that series is Run Around Sue. And I know a lot of people can remember or have heard Dion and the Belmont song, Run Around Sue. And he actually recorded that for his wife. His wife's name was Sue. <laughs> so I don't know what his, what he was, his point was, but it, apparently it worked that he, she married him. So, um, <laughs> but in this case, I wanted a motorcycle. I could picture the guy long before I could picture Sue. And I knew he was a Vietnam vet. I knew he had been wounded. And a year before I ever started writing, Phil and I, my husband, were going out to dinner. And we started to pull in to the restaurant when this idea hit me. And we got in and I literally wrote it down on notes on my phone. It, it was this little section. And I looked at it and it was about the lead. His name's Mac. And I, his connection to music. And I finished it up and I thought, I even showed the waitress. I said, what do you think? And I thought, oh, no, she's too young. She'll never... She goes, no, I get this. I, I totally get it. You know, so I held on to it. And so finally, the time came to write and I got his motorcycle. I got his his music, his love of music, his guitar that's everywhere and all into his personality. And he's a, he's a sweet man who's 
got some wounds to deal with. And Sue has got her own wounds. Some stuff you might not think about until you get going. Sometimes if you aren't used to attention being paid on you, being thought to be pretty, you know, you can be in one group and everybody kind of takes you for granted and that's what you're used to. And then you move to a different group of people and, and people notice you, but they're noticing you for your looks. And it, at first it can be nice, but then you start to, maybe you don't know who you are. Who are you really? And are they seeing who you really are? And maybe you make some mistakes because of it. And so it was just one of those things that I wanted to kind of delve into. Sue had been overweight in high school, but when she left to go to college, she was extremely brilliant. And so she, between her weight issues and being very studious, she'd never bothered to date in high school. And because of the rigors of where she went to, to college, weight started to come off a little bit. She was, she was studying. She was running to classes and everything. And just the natural movement was helping. Well, when she noticed that, she thought maybe she could do some more. So she, and she had to take PE class that was required. So she, showed, so she chose ballet and she became pretty good at it. And so it developed grace. So she, you know, she ended up being, and she was tall, long legs, nice figure, beautiful face. And when she came back home, she got a lot of attention. It was fun. It was nice at first until it wasn't. And she had some other wounds that happened that really made her just want to run away and find a new place to start over again. And that's what she's doing. She's trying to start over. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to start over if you're running away from yourself. It's really a fun book. I got a chance to read it fairly early on, and I absolutely love it. I love the little niche that you're carving out for yourself with your retro fiction. I've I've heard people call this sort of nostalgic or nostalgia fiction as well, because it sort of looks back to a time, like you said, the 60s and the 70s, which is kind of scary to think about as being historical, but it is considered historical, as you talked about the last time you were here. And I just love the way that you do tackle things in your books. There is always a wound, something the characters are trying to work through, something that's happened in their lives. They are always issues that they're dealing with that makes them very real, believable characters. Oh, thank you. You know, the, the, the thing is too, there's, there's places that I mentioned that were real places. They're not there anymore. Yeah. So the, the Kokomo is the Kokomo of 72, which was the last, you know, last year I lived there. But, you know, Scotty's drive-in, that was a great place to go grab a Coke. The high school was downtown and the cafeteria was so small. We actually had to build another high school across town and we still were huge. So we had three lunch hours and they, there still wasn't enough room in the cafeteria. So people went downtown, went down to Finn's drugs, you know, uh, uh, shop 
which was a real place. And we went to Frisch's Drive-In. That was actually a scene of something that I touched on in Sylvia's Mother, because at that time in the early 70s, there were some race riots. We were one of 10 schools written up in Life magazine for the race riots. And I can remember pictures of the malls that I mentioned, where the parking lots are filled with state police cars. I can remember finishing up my sophomore year of high school there with a police officer in each corner. And so buildings we went to school in aren't there anymore. Yeah. It's so neat when you can incorporate real places like that into your books. Now, let's switch gears a little bit. Still staying with this whole series, The Weather Girls Wedding Shop and Venue. I was looking at the books online and I noticed how much fun the covers are because I read them before I see the covers. I don't see the covers and I'm like, wow, these are really cool covers. They're so bright and vibrant and really different than sort of what you see with a lot of historicals. When you take your ideas for your books and that to your cover designer, do you say, this is what I want? Or do you work together with the cover designer to come up with something like that? Probably a little bit of both. And I want to tell you, those were designed by Stephanie over at Alt-19 Creative. So for Run Around Sue, I said, I, motorcycle and guitar, I think needs to be on there. You know, I don't know if you can make the Cardinal riding it or have a helmet or I don't know, but see what you can do and, I, and pick a color that we haven't used yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so... So that's, you know, and she sent that back and I'm like, that's it. She, so she's the point where she's kind of reading my mind. Well, it's, it's great when you can find a cover designer that knows you and knows you really well and knows your mind and can sort of reach for that. That's, that's great. So in addition to these real characters that are funny and sweet, you sprinkle your books with lots of biblical nuggets. In fact, one reviewer of Runaround Sue said she highlighted the biblical nuggets that really appealed to her. How does that make you feel to hear that your readers do that, that it, your books affect them that way? That, to put it in 60s words, it blows my mind. <laughs> It humbles me and I just give God glory because if something is resonating like that, it had to come straight from him. It sobers me and makes me think I need to be very careful because people are looking to this and if they're highlighting things like that, I need to make sure God is in this and he's holding my hand and getting me through this, that these are words that he that make him feel honored. And we'll give him honor and we'll point others to him. So that's, that's my biggest thing. If, if these do books don't point towards God, then, then I've missed the boat. Right. Yeah. Mac is a Vietnam vet. Do you know any vets? How were you able to create his character? I have known some vets. I, actually, my Uncle John did two tours over there. He was in Army Intelligence because he learned to speak Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. And he was a, he connected with the Mongards, I believe was the name of the tribe. It was a tribe there. Actually, when I started writing Relentless Heart, there were sections of uh, Vietnamese in there. And I had him check me to make sure my information was correct. 
and and I, you know, I've talked to him. My husband's cousin is also a vet, and I've talked to him a little bit about what it was like. There were kids I went to, you know, they were a couple years ahead of me because the war was declared over in my junior year. But there was a lot of kids I knew that went. I had a cousin. My dad had a cousin who it was funny. I wasn't allowed to, you know, as a kid. I, I didn't get to stay up too late to see him. But it was almost 10 o'clock at night. And I remember coming down the stairs to find out who was at the door. My dad's going, get back, get back, get back. And he opens the door and it's his cousin Phil coming in. And he had just gotten back. And his Phil's family lived in Peru. 40 minutes away. And he'd driven down because he just had to connect with my dad. And there was a lot of back clapping and all. And, and the one thing I remember him talking about, and I guess when I started asking questions, they sent me to bed, but he had, he'd gotten dysentery over there. (laughs) And and I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) And I said, go to bed, go to bed. (laughs) So, anyway that that stuff would be but so I had exposure during that time I also I used to do theater productions with the the pumpkin vine players during the summer and it was all high school and mainly college but some high school and I was invited because I had done a a school thing and they thought I they, they liked what I did so I kept doing this with them every summer and one of the guys he had the part of the villain, which loved him. He was great. And he came in just upset as I'll get out. His draft number was two. And he was in a panic. He goes, I don't know what to do. I don't want to go to Kalanip. I don't want to go in the army. I don't want to die. And I never knew what happened to him. I never heard what happened to him. I can picture him more than picturing him on stage. I can picture him in that conversation with me. He was doing his best not to freak out. He was doing his best to try to do what he had committed to do with theater. But the thought of having to go over, it terrified him to leave his country, to leave his family, to turn his back on everything. He didn't know if he could do that either. And he didn't know what he was going to do. He had no clue. So that's one of those things that 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 period of time, it was difficult and it colored everything in a way, even to the point of how you dressed. You, there were bracelets. Were you honoring a, someone who was missing in action? At what point do you, do you take it off? Did they, you know, there's people today who still wear those bracelets mm-hmm. because the person was never found. The missing in action was never found. Everyone signed stuff with peace. If you were taking the time to sign with a peace symbol or you were saying, you know, peace out, you know, peace, did that mean you were against the war? If you were against the war, were you against the guys coming home? Some of them just got labeled, Mm -hmm. labeled horribly. Yes, some of them actually had to do some, were put in positions where they did bad things, Mm -hmm. things they would never have done in normal life. And then they had to live with it. And others... Praise God, never had to do any of that. And then there were others that it totally ate up their mind and they became the monster they never wanted to become. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't know. But even to this day, the veterans, you know, a large percent of the veterans that are homeless or dealing with things 
you know, because Phoenix is so big and the weather is good most of the time, except in the brutal summers, a lot of the homeless end up being vets. And they're finally making it into some of the homes and things. But for a long time, a lot of the guys who were out there homeless were the Vietnam vets. And coming home was just something that was very, very hard to do. PTSD was first really came out of that. Coming home and not knowing if the Agent Orange was what caused some of the physical problems you were going through. And the government saying, oh, no, no, it was perfectly safe. Don't worry about it. And then how many of them died of cancer because of it? There's a lot, an awful lot that went on. And a lot that's been, we've moved on kind of thing. And I think we do need to move on, but we can't forget when we do. Exactly. So can you just briefly remind us of what your next book is? And then if listeners would like to keep in touch with you to, so that they know when your next book comes out, that they can have that information. Absolutely. Okay. Let me give you the information to keep in touch with me first. Okay. That is just the best thing is just to go to my website, which is www.jenniferlynncarry, all one word, dot com. And Jennifer's got two, two N's and Lynn is just two N's, no E. So it's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-L-Y-N-N-C-A-R-Y, like Cary Grant, and Lynn.com. If you go through that at the top of my website, there's a place where you can join my newsletter. Now, the first page will kind of keep you up to date. You can find there. But if you join the newsletter, you get a, you get a free ebook novella, which is the story of my parents' restaurant in Kokomo. So that'll give you a nice intro to Kokomo. Sure. And it's called Tales of the Hobnob Annex Cafe. And the tagline on it is made up stories, sort of, about a real true place. And what I did is took a fictional spin on some things. Some things actually happened, like when Colonel Sanders visited my dad's restaurant. That's in there. But what happened is made up. <laughs> oh, that sounds like like a lot of fun. And so the title of your next book is is what? Is Cracklin' Rosie. If you remember the Neil Crackling Diamond. Rosie. Yeah. And uh, yep. she is a chiropractor. One. And I thought, you know, I don't know what. The day that that connected on me is like, oh, that's hysterically funny. And then, of course, the love interest has got to be an MD, you know. Oh. So now you've got an enemies to lovers kind of thing. <laughs> and and it's fun. And she's, I, I used the word liberated. And then I found out it's probably not the best word to use. It would have worked for the time period. It really did. But if you don't know the time period then you might take the word wrong. But she was definitely independent. She was a woman's liver. She was defensive too, because of some things that had gone on. But she has a sweet, sweet spot. She enjoys baking for people and being kind. So I like her. I like her spunk. And the fireworks between them is fun. I just had a blast writing it. He's not only a medical doctor, but he's the baby of the family and babies of the family like to be the clowns. <laughs> I, I read up on that. So he thinks he's funny and he's always trying to be funny. And it's, I like the way it worked out. Wonderful. And when is that supposed to release? 
in November. I don't have a firm date yet, but my goal is to make it before. I I would love to make it before Thanksgiving because I don't want it to get overshadowed by the, all the Christmas stuff that we'll just, but we're doing it as we can do it. Fabulous. Yep. I will leave the link for your website so that people can go sign up for your newsletter, can get that free novella, and then keep up to date waiting for Cracklin' Rosie and catch up on the other ones in the series in the meantime. But it has been a blast. We could have gone on and on, but unfortunately, we are going to have to, to pause here, but we will have you back very soon because I know that you just love writing and you write wonderfully. Like I said, so much fun. And we really thank you for taking time out of your day to come stop by and chat with us. Oh, thank you. I love this. I, anytime I can get together with you is, is a, it's a blast. <laughs> and so thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to doing it again. I always have such a great time when I get to talk books with my friends. Jenny Carey is just fabulous. She's so knowledgeable about the industry and she's carving out this wonderful niche for herself. You're going to love her books. They're going to make you laugh. They're going to make you think. They're just terrific. So be sure to check her out. If you want to find out more about Jenny or more about her books, especially Runaround Sue, then please visit my website, liztolsma.com. I'll have links to the book, more information about it. I will have extra links to the rest of the series that this book is in, and you can find out more about Jenny, and I'll have a link to her website for you to connect to her over there. Next week, oh my goodness, you guys, we have Amanda Barrett here. Yes, award-winning, multiple award-winning, best-selling author Amanda Barrett is here. She has a fabulous new World War II novel out called The Warsaw Sisters. I have loved everything that she has written, and this is no exception. It's exceptional. And I know you're not going to want to miss out on my chat with Amanda Barrett next week because she is, like I said, very knowledgeable. She has more information about World War II. She researches to the nth degree, and her book's show it. They are so well done and so well written, so well researched. You feel like you are there. You feel like you're living these unbelievable lives along with her characters. So that's enough gushing about Amanda. Put it on your calendar and make sure that you're back here next week to hear my interview with her. Thank you so much for taking time out of a busy day at a busy time of year to spend some time with me and to listen to these authors and support them. We really do appreciate each and every one of you and everything that you do in spreading the word about Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I hope you have a wonderful week, and we will see you next time. <music>